Thanks so much for joining us for Online Church today. It's so great that we can do this over the next couple of weeks as we kind of see out the year 2023. Today is New Year's Eve, obviously, and it's the last day of the year. It's just great that we can still gather like this while families are away on holidays and we can still get together, go to God's Word and encourage one another. You know, this year has been a huge year for many of us. Uh, Maybe you've had a challenging year. I'm sure you can find something that you can thank God for, for His faithfulness and His provision and His goodness to us in 2023. I know Maria and I, we had a huge year. We welcomed our third child, our daughter, our first daughter, Anastasia, and we've watched her grow as, if you're part of our church, you've watched her grow too over this year. It's been such a beautiful journey. And even for our church, there's been a lot of things. Some of it we just saw in our 60-second recap, but so many things that have happened this year. New people, uh, lots of fun, lots of growth in relationships with one another, growth in God. And we're believing that 2024 is going to be even better. We're just going to keep going from strength to strength. That our little by little journey would start to turn into little bigger by little bigger. Amen? Amen. Well, a few years ago, I read a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Dewey great book. Uh, It's a book that kind of breaks down habits and how you can change them. Another book that's a little bit newer and very similar is a book called Atomic Habits. I think it's probably a lot more popular too by James Clear. Uh, Both these books, they talk about habits uh, and how the brain works with habits. And it's pretty interesting stuff. You know, habits are powerful things. Uh, All of us have them. uh, And many of us fall into our habits. We don't really think about it. We just do things habitually. Um, Like, have you set any New Year's resolutions yet? Yeah, it's it's New Year's Eve. Come on, maybe you're thinking, maybe you're not a big New Year's goal person. That's okay, because statistics tell us that only 8% of people keep their New Year's resolutions for more than one month. And I think we all know that's probably an exaggerated statistic, as most statistics are, right? And, you know, our ability to change uh, will rise and fall based upon the habits that we instill in our lives. James Ryan, who was an American track and field athlete, who was actually the first high schooler to run a four-minute mile, he said this, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a very, very pop- probably one of the most popular books ever written, uh, he said this, we become what we repeatedly do. But I don't want to just talk about habits today because, you know, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a pastor. But I do want to use this as a springboard to talk about the new year because we're we're on the, the doorstep of limitless possibilities in 2024. Charles Duhigg, in his book, The Power of Habit, he talks about this concept called a keystone habit. I've mentioned it before at church, but I think it'll be a great time to talk about this again, particularly as we look to a new year. A keystone habit is this, a habit that people introduce into their routines that unintentionally carries over into other aspects of their lives. Keystone habits have a ripple on it effect uh, in my life. It's that one thing I do that triggers other things I do. It's like just like a domino effect. We all have keystone habits in our life. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. But what it is, is it's a way to kind of simplify change in our lives. And if I focus on something that's really, really important and has a trickle on effect, I can be more effective in, in having good 
habits. Like, for example, uh, eating dinner together as a family is a keystone habit. You know, uh, research tells us that a family that has dinner together every night puts their phones aside and actually engages with one another. There's better adolescent mental health if you have kids. Uh, There's better marriage relationship and marriage health, even better family budget health because you're, you're planning your meals. You're not just getting drive through and, and doing everything last minute. Now, if you set the habit of having dinner together every day, it'll have a trickle-on effect in all different areas of your life. James Prochesca, who was a University of Rhode Island researcher in psychology and behavioral change, he says this about exercising. Okay, yeah, we're going there today. Exercising. When people start habitually exercising, even as infrequently as once a week, they start changing other unrelated patterns in their lives, often unknowingly. Typically, people who exercise start eating better and becoming more productive at work. They smoke less. It's a good thing. They smoke less and they show more patience with colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently and they say they feel less stressed. It's not completely clear why exercise spills over. There's something about it that makes other good habits easier. I love that thought. There's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier in my life. That's a keystone habit. It it trickles over. It spills over. And I'm saying all this to ask the question today, what is the keystone habit of a Christian in 2024? (laughs) What's the keystone habit of a Christian? What's the one thing I can focus on doing in this coming year, habitually, that will have a spillover effect, a domino effect into all the other areas of my life, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. What's the one thing I should focus on instilling in my life? James Petruska says, there's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier. What's the one habit I can develop in my life and be accountable to others in my life with that will have an effect on my life in such a way it makes other things easier? Well, I believe that keystone habit is reading your Bible. Reading your Bible. Reading God's Word. Listening to it. Studying it. Dwelling on it. Memorizing it. Pray it. Say it. Live it. Love it. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that you get into this book regularly in 2024. Every day, make it a keystone habit in your life. A habit that happens regularly. And that's, that's the, the key point here is it happens regularly. Not once a week, not once, no, every day I, I want to be in my Bible because it's a keystone habit. Um, uh, you can find a whole bunch of surveys online of how many Christians actually read their Bible. One I found was uh, they polled over 3,000 American Christians for a four-year period from 2018 to 2021, and they found that only 11% of them read their Bible daily. Now, I personally think that's probably a high estimate, right? A, a high statistic. They said 30% of them read their Bible less than once per month, and 30% of them never read their Bible at all. And without a doubt, you know, you think post-COVID, as our intention spans are shrinking, we're scrolling on our phones more and more, I'm sure that those statistics are probably getting worse. But what it's telling us is that a vast majority of Christians don't have the habit, the keystone habit of reading their Bible in their lives. It's, it's, 
it's a very, very, very important thing to have in my day-to-day life with the Lord. Now, why is that? Well, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know, I just mentioned James Petresca, who said there's something about exercise that makes other good habits easier. Well, the Bible is telling us in 2 Timothy that God's word prepares and equips us to do every good work. In other words, there's something about being in God's word that makes other good things in our lives easier. God's word teaches, corrects, prepares, equips, and encourages us. God's word helps us know who God is. As Christians, we're in friendship with God. God is a relational God. We walk with him day by day. And without his word, we're left to self-define God and what he thinks and how he sees things. This is a big problem with many Christians because we don't have a full understanding oftentimes of who God is, what he really thinks, how he sees things, how he sees behaviors and thoughts and beliefs in my life. We need God definition in our lives in 2024. We need God's word to bring his definition, his truth into my life. Do you want to grow in your life with Jesus next year? Come on, we're one day away. Do you want to grow in your, do you want to get to the end of 2024 and say, I grew in God this year. I, I, I came to know Jesus in a more beautiful way. I've fallen in love with him more and more. Well, you need his word. You need his word. You don't just need my word. No, you need his word. I don't want you to just grow in my understanding of the scriptures through church. No, I want you to grow in your understanding by instilling the keystone habit of reading your Bible. You know, we can focus on so many little things in our Christian walk, but what we do need to actually focus on is the few really, really important things. And this is the power of a keystone habit. It's about making sure that one thing is in place so it has a ripple effect in other areas of my life. When I read my Bible, it feeds my spirit. When I read my Bible, it shows me how to pray. When I read my Bible, it refocuses me on the things of God. When I read my Bible, it shows me God's ways. When I read my Bible, it equips me for good works. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. When I read my Bible, it actually shows me who I really am. We can all put up smoke screens. We can all put on a front and put on a mask. The Word shows me who I really am. Psalm 119, verse 105. In fact, I encourage you to read all of Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. It's all about God's Word. It says this, Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. What would be the trickle-on effect in your life in 2024 if you read your Bible every single day. Now, we often don't like talking about these type of discipline-related topics, these behavioral change type of things. Uh, and largely, that's because we're lazy. We don't want someone to tell us what to do. We, we tend to individualize our Christianity and make it, oh, but that's not how I experience God. Well, listen up. 
The Bible tells us this is how we all experience God. It's through His Word, through reading His Word. Sometimes we have deep-seated beliefs that God just does all the work. I don't have to do anything. I just, you know, I don't want to read my Bible too much. That might mean I'm striving. Come on, people. We want to know Him through His Word. We all need to develop this keystone habit of reading our Bible day by day. You know, sometimes we just get caught up with all sorts of other habits, busyness, work, small kids. Maybe you're not a good reader. Maybe the Bible confuses you. Maybe you have trouble understanding it. Well, here's the thing. If I visited the doctor today and I had all sorts of bad habits in my life that were having an ill effect on my health, what would the doctor say to me? Well, they'd run some tests and then the doctor would actually tell me the truth. You need to change the way you're doing things. And Hear it today from Dr. Simon. You need to read your Bible. Come on. Do you want spiritual health in your life? Read your Bible. Do you want to grow in your understanding of God? Read your Bible. Do you want to overcome maybe some of the experiences you've had in the past of church and God and and the confusion that that can all bring where we confuse life and God? and Is He really all loving and all kind when this has happened? Read your Bible. Do you want to know Him? Read your Bible. Now, this doesn't mean that We all need to become Bible scholars and bookworms. No, but we do need to be Bible lovers. Absolutely. And so I want to give you some practical tips today as we head into the new year of ways to get the most out of your keystone habit of Bible reading in 2024. Some of these might be basic for you. Some of these might be right where what you need. But I encourage you to write these down and think about how you can implement some of these tips in your Bible reading in 2024. Okay, tip number one, I think we all need to understand the basics. What do I mean by the basics? Well, this might be more for people who are early in their faith, but we need to understand what actually is the Bible. What's the New Testament? What's the Old Testament? What are the Gospels? Who wrote them? Am I reading a part of the Bible that is history or poetry or prophecy? Uh, You know, the Bible was written for you, but it was not written to you. The Bible was written for you, but not to you. You know, there, there's a context to which each of these parts of the Bible, you know, you view the Bible more so like a library as opposed to one big giant book. There's a great book that I recommend to you. It's called How Not to Read Your Bible by Dan Kimball, a great book that I read this year. It goes through all the sticky topics in, in the Bible that people often misinterpret and hold against the Bible. And in fact, I've got a copy of it. If you want to borrow it, let me know and I will lend it to you free of charge. Absolutely. You can find it online for pretty cheap anyway on Amazon and Kindle and all that kind of stuff. But we need to understand that, hey, when I read the book of Luke in one of the gospels, that that was not written to 2023 Christians. No, it was written to Theophilus and it was written to largely a Gentile audience. When I read Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, it was written to predominantly a Jewish audience. And if we want to understand God's word fully, we need to understand these basics. And that's what we're here to do as pastors is to help you understand these things to get the most out of this keystone habit of reading your Bible. I remember I had a friend of mine who I gave a Bible to and and he was a new Christian and he went home and just opened it up and, and in one sitting read the whole book of Job. And he came and told me and I thought, oh no, <laughs> it's like, what a great place to start the book of Job. If you 
are, if you don't know where to start with reading your Bible, I personally recommend reading one of the Gospels, maybe the book of Luke. In fact, maybe you should read the book of Luke and then read the book of Acts. They're both written by the same person and they kind of are kind of like two volumes in one. That's a great place to start and then we can go from there. So tip number one is understand the basics. Tip number two is get help and use tools. Now, Get a good study Bible in a readable translation. I read the New Living Translation typically. Sometimes I read the English Standard Version or the the New International Version, the NIV. I also have this big study Bible. It's a life application study Bible. My friend Ryan bought this for me actually with a legend. And um, and it's got pictures in it and everything. It tells you all the context, everything that you kind of need to know to apply God's Word to your life. If you're not a big reader... Get the YouVersion Bible app. On there is all these translations. And also the audio Bible is all linked in there. You can listen as you're reading along. You can listen as you're driving to work. It's all there. It's all there for you. And, you know, I also use the Bible Project app. Um, I also use a website called Theos U uh, that has all sorts of theological topics. Hey, ask us. Ask your pastors. We're, you're not going to bug us, you know, like by asking us how you can understand your Bible more. God has placed people in your life to help you grow in Him. And this is one of those big important reasons why we should be planted in a church, because there are people there to help us. And be wise about the tools that you use, because there are all sorts of different theological positions. You don't want to get caught in some rabbit hole of someone basically teaching you a wrong way to understand the Bible. That's why we have pastors and people that can help us in those areas. In Acts chapter 8, we read this really cool story uh, of, of Philip being led by the Holy Spirit, and he meets this Ethiopian treasurer guy in his cabin. And let's actually read it in Acts 8, verse 29 to 31. It says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. I love this story because what happens is is, is, uh, Philip shows him what he's reading. He's actually reading about Jesus in Isaiah because Isaiah is largely a prophecy about the coming Messiah. And the man becomes a Christian and, and is baptized that very day. And in this little short passage, we understand a few important things. Here is this man. He's reading his Bible, right? And Along comes a spirit-led person, Philip, who he invites into his carriage, into his life to help him understand what he's reading. Great applications for our lives today. We have people in our lives that that are spirit-led, that need to be brought into our lives, into our carriage, that can help us understand the scriptures. Amen? Amen. Maybe you can check that story out for yourself later. Make it part of your Bible reading. So tip number one is understand the basics. Tip number two is get help and use tools. Tip number three is have a plan. Have a plan, whether that's one chapter a day, reading the whole New Testament in a month, reading your Bible in a year. I know a lot of people do that. They read their Bible all throughout the year. Well, starting tomorrow, Maria and I, I know for myself, I've done this the last five or six years, is in January, I do what we call a 30-day shred. I go through my whole Bible in 30 days. Now, that sounds crazy because it is crazy. Uh, I largely do it listening, uh, but I also read at times as well. And I just basically 
make my whole month about going through the Bible. It's almost like a, an extended fast in some ways, um, but I just find it so amazing, and it's such a great way to start the year. If you if you want to do it with us, let me know. We're going to start a little WhatsApp group uh, with people who are doing the shred and being contacted and encourage one another. It's an amazing, amazing journey. Have a plan. Have something that will help you. Have something that will help you uh, stay on track and, and, and have something to aim for. Have a plan. I think that's important. Tip number four is get a partner. Get someone who can be a running mate with you. Married people, you know, might not have to necessarily sit down with your husband or wife and read together like story time, but no, but you should be talking to each other. How, are you reading your Bible? What are you reading? This I love doing the 30-day shred with my wife. It becomes a bit of a race. We're racing each other of who can get furthest ahead, right? Have someone in your life that encourages you in your Bible reading. Uh, we all understand these concepts. You know, if you want to go to the gym, you often find mates you want to go to the gym for. Hey, how come we know how to do it when it comes to the gym, but we don't know how to do it when it comes to reading our Bible, which in, in all honesty is so much more important to know God. Amen. Tip number five is pray. Pray. Ask God to help you understand his word. Ask God to show you things in his word. Before you read, pray. After you read, pray. Ask God. He is there. His word is alive and active. This is the primary way God speaks to us is through his word. Amen. Tip number six is write it down. Start a new note in your phone. I've got a bunch of notes in my phone. You know, I've got ones on books I'm reading, uh, notes on my Bible reading. You can, if you're reading in the YouVersion Bible app, you can just copy and paste right out of there and, and, and have it there to remind you of what God is speaking to you through his word. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. We all need this message about Christ, his word, to fill our lives. When we are driving, when we're walking, when we're making coffee, let God's word fill your life. It's the keystone habit of a Christian, reading your Bible. And when we do this, it affects our lives in so many more ways. You might think, I'm just reading my Bible. But you watch, you'll start thinking about God. You'll start praying more. You'll start having a hunger for God more as you read your Bible and let it fill your life. Well, hey, I hope this hopes. I hope this hopes. I hope this helps. But some action points for this next year. Take some time today. Make a plan for 2024. Set a goal. Maybe you want to join us on the 30-day shred. You're welcome to. It's not easy. It's not easy. You might have to give up a lot of video game time and and make sure you're listening and reading as you're walking, as you're traveling to work. But let's make this a keystone habit. My prayer is that everyone church would become a church filled with people who read their Bible every single day. It's just part of, there's so many things we do every day. Many of us complain every day. Many of us have coffee every day. We do lots of things every day. Let's make sure we read our Bible every day. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this year. I thank you for your word, for the opportunity that we have to know you through your word. And I pray that 2024 would be a year filled with your word. Like it says in Colossians, that our, that your message would fill our lives in 2024. And Lord, I pray for people who have struggled in this area of Bible reading, that there would be no sense of shame, but there would be a, a sense of 
calling to step up. Lord, we want to know you. We want to walk with you. And I pray that there would be just such an overflow of your word in 2024 as we grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, happy new year. Have an amazing, amazing New Year's Eve. And we hope to see you next week online for church and in a couple weeks in person. Read your Bible. Amen. Have a great week.